Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Q is your guy. Quintavious Burdett, who was once a guest of In Off the Bench and Ole Miss alumni who is with REMAX, is the guy who will help you get your home. He is the guy who just helped me get my home. I had just closed on my house a few weeks ago in the South Haven area, and Quintavious is the one who set the whole thing up. He is the man. He is one of the top, if not the top, realtor in the Mid-South area. You can get a hold of him at 662 292 7136 for all your real estate needs. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined as always by my co host. My partners in crime, my brothers from other mothers, Jim Cross, Randy Jowers, and guys, tonight is episode 28 titled Burford's Roommate. Man, I, I don't want to waste any time, guys. I want to get right into it because we got a good one for you. We got newly crowned national champion from Ole Miss, Dylan DeLucia, joining us, man. And I, I don't, I don't, I just want to get to it. I'm so excited, dude. It's. It's the theme around here. We always have champions on, and, and it's about time that we brought on an old Miss player. So let's get right to it. Help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview on podcasting this week, our man from Old Miss University, Dylan Felicia. Dylan, my man, welcome to the show. How are we doing tonight? Uh, good, good. How are you guys? Uh, man, we are blessed, man. When we have a national champion on the show, we don't take it for granted. But, you know, I got to ask you a question right off the top. I'm an Ole Miss season ticket holder, so I'm, I'm aware of a lot of the jokes that go on within the team. And so now that you're the most outstanding player, are you still referred to as Burford's roommate? Uh, yeah, I think we're keeping it going. Uh, you know, uh, what we've been doing – uh, it seemed to be working, so I think we should just keep it going. Guys, you believe that? I mean, he is the most outstanding player, and he's somebody else's roommate is his title. Just, <laughs> we got to get that changed. I think I think he needs to be Dylan's roommate at this point. But um, before I let Mike jump into your beginnings, man, I was in Omaha for just the first uh, opening weekend, and, man, a, a cool moment. I was standing there talking to Dunhurst as he's been a guest of this show. And uh, y'all were being called into the dugout, and there was a lady and her two kids right next to me, and you were running by doing as you were told, and they were calling out to you, and, like, it was like it just hit you, and you just stopped, and you turned, and you ran over to them real quick and got it done. And it made those kids and that mom's day that you came over there and did that. And so, man, shout out to you for that. And what I want to ask, is that something that you – you know, picked up through the Ole Miss culture, or is that something because you were that kid once that you, you know, feel like you want to do for those kids? You know, I was, I was that kid once. Um, everybody has that person they looked up to. Everybody has that team they look up to. Uh, just to see those kids' face, to put a smile on them, and just to know that, oh, they're being noticed by guys that are basically, you know, in the SEC, top of the, top of the food chain for uh, baseball. Uh, it's really cool, definitely, just to give back. I mean, we have such an awesome fan base that uh, you just want to do that. You know, you want them to keep coming. You want them to be happy. You want to give them everything because they show up. 
uh, we wouldn't be our, we wouldn't be the same team if it wasn't for them. Absolutely. And Dylan, you talk about, you know, the fan base and, and everything that goes in through that. And obviously, you know, especially in college baseball, not a lot of people get to hear these stories because kids are coming in and out. Kids are going through the transfer portal for you and for the state fans that don't know your full story. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about where you're from and how you grew up? Yeah, uh, I grew up in Daytona Beach, Florida. Uh, just like fishing, you know, stuff like that, going to the beach. High school kind of hit. I played football when I was younger, quit when I was 11. I actually, my dad was a coach and I walked off the field, just quit. <laughs> and he had to stay there. I had to stay there the rest of the game in the stands the whole time until he was done because he couldn't leave. But, uh, you know, just growing up, I just wanted to play baseball my whole life. Uh, didn't get the SEC offer out of high school. Uh, went, so I went JUCO. I mean, sorry, committed to a D1 um, my senior year committed to college of Charleston, you know, me, I didn't pan out for me. I didn't really like it. Didn't like the baseball, love the school. Just didn't like the baseball there. I uh, yeah. decided to go Juco and, you know, it changed my life. Really. Uh, I thought, you know, God, it was my plan that God gave me that he was telling me to leave, to go Juco to uh, improve and be a better person, be a better teammate and hopefully get to the bigger stage. And luckily, you know, it's panned out so far that decision. So when I decided to go JUCO, uh, you know, I was like, damn, I'm at the bottom of the list again. And JUCO is not really like that when you're in the Panhandle Conference. I mean, they, like I said, like they refer to the SEC of JUCO. I guess the best conference in JUCO. So when I was playing there my freshman year, uh, got to start six times, did very well. Then uh, COVID hit, then went down for a downfall. Uh, that was a struggle and everything like that, trying to get back into baseball because, I mean, everything was such shut down so much, so you couldn't really do anything. Then uh, the next year they opened it back up for baseball and everybody was excited. We got to play a full season. Uh, ended up doing very well. I had like 30-something offers from mid-majors and stuff, uh, but I wanted to play SEC. So I kept on holding back, kept on holding back, and then middle of the season call comes, laugh calls me, and he's like, hey, Dylan, we want you to become a rebel. I was like, I was like, my dreams come, my dreams of play baseball. So I'm in the SEC. So I said, I'm in. Let's do this thing. Uh, and that everything kind of been history from there. 100%. And you know, I all of that was beautiful. But Dylan, I gotta ask you, very yeah. early on in that amazing, amazing intro we just had, you said you quit football. And I know you as a very competitive person, and I, and I got to watch a lot of that, you know, as a Tennessee fan. We didn't get to face like that the way I wanted it. Um, but I know you're very competitive at heart, and having four brothers growing up in a house like that, I'm assuming you weren't quitting everything. So what, what no. was that like, having four brothers, and how did that help you and your competitive drive into the baseball player you are today? See, I just, uh, I just wanted to be better than all of them. That, that was my goal, uh, just be better than every single one of them. So I try to work harder than them. I would do everything, listen to them. Uh, we would go back and forth all the time on different stuff. Uh, like my brother Jordan played D1 baseball at Bethune-Cookman. So me in high school, I would always go to his games, watch him pitch. And I got to see all these other players pitch. And I would just try to, you know, see what fits for me. Luckily, I had an amazing pitching coach in high school. And he, we haven't changed anything since in my mechanics. And when I was at Ole Miss, we haven't changed anything. But, you know, being competitive versus them, 
it made me competitive. It made me want to fight. It made me when tough times were on the mound, it made me get that next pitch and get it out, get off that field. See, Dylan, that was a very Disney channel type answer. You see, <laughs> I want to know, I want to know who the best athlete in the family was. I want to know who you were giving it to weekend and weekend out. I want to know, Dylan, is it you? Uh, I guess you could say I'm the best athlete in uh, hey, this, this is a safe space, Dylan. Wait, are we saying are we saying baseball or athlete? Athlete. athlete. Oh, hell no, it ain't me. That's not me. Come <laughs> on now. Have you have you seen me run that two mile that they do that? No, uh -oh. we watch you. We watch you pitch, man. We don't watch you do the two yeah, mile. Yeah, well, that two mile took me six tries. So we're not getting on that. You, you know, know, well, I, I heard you're still ahead of Leatherwood, so you're all right. No, I did. I did. I did. <laughs> Leatherwood. No, I didn't come in last. So that was the good part. But no, I'd say my little brother's the best athlete, you know, all around. He can kind of just do it all. Right. hundred percent. And for you, favorite athlete growing up, you know, there, there's a lot impacting in that because th there's just so many different options. So outside of just baseball and you can give a baseball answer as well. Um, but your favorite athlete growing up, who inspired you and in, in kind of base your game off of? Inspired? Uh, you know, I would say, you know, my head coach at New Smyrna. Uh, he played 10 years in the pros for the Texas Rangers. He was multiple around, but he spent most of his time as a Texas Ranger. Um, you know, he was he was a big impact to me. He me and him through the exact same way. Me and him, he taught me how to pitch. I didn't pitch until high school. I was third, I think 14 when I started pitching, something like that. I threw a couple times when I was younger, but like nothing serious. I was always a catcher. So when he got his hands on me, he started teaching me everything. I also have another coach, coach uh Coach Norm, he taught me everything, too, before Coach Nick got to me. And, you know, just seeing all that, seeing all these people help me, it was it was amazing. But uh, I would say I would look up to, you know, there's a couple answers to that. It is. Uh, I never had that favorite baseball player growing up. I did. You could say I'm a huge Red Sox fan, so David Ortiz would be one. But uh, I would say, you know, just people I've looked up to, would definitely be, you know, my coaches for sure. 100%. And just so you know, Dylan, we got a couple Cardinals fans in here. So just tread the waters carefully. <laughs> all right. It's, it is not a safe space. This is not a safe space at all. Never, you see that? You see it? It's right there. Dude, Absolutely. we're okay with that. He's a Cubs fan. We're still not the losers on this podcast. Hey, listen, <laughs> all I know is we just took two out of three from Boston, but that's neither here nor there. Dylan, <laughs> you we're getting off topic. We're getting off topic. <laughs> hey, just a little bit, just a little bit. But Dylan, you talk a little bit about high school. Um, and I have been trying to learn how to pronounce this name all evening. Can you, first of all, give us the name of your high school and then kind of talk about, you know, what went into that with you pitching? You kind of talked about it a little bit a few minutes ago. Um, but what was that transition like? Was that something you wanted to do or was that something more of your coaching wanting you to do that? Uh, so I went to Mainland High School my freshman and sophomore year. And then I transferred to New Smyrna Beach High School my junior and senior year to be with my pitching coach. My freshman year, my brother played football in Mainland High School is like the number six school in the country for football. Right. They're really good. So uh, I needed to ride to school every day. So, of course, I didn't get a choice. I had to ride with him every day. I had to go to Mainland. Not like I wanted to, but I had to. Uh, so, you know. That's just, what happens when you're not the best athlete in the family, Dylan. No. Mm. I, mm. I absolutely, he has nothing on me. <laughs> but <laughs> I would say, you know, uh, transitioning into it, my knees kind of got bad as a catcher. Didn't really have all the movement. Like, I couldn't probably catch four innings right now in mm -hmm. my life. 
Like I pray to Dunhurst right now because holy cow, he had a work load on him this year. But um, transition to the pitcher, we thought it would be best for me because how well I commanded and everything. So we were like, okay, why not? Why not just let it go? So we started doing that, um, started learning how to pitch. And luckily I got to learn at such a mature age that I understood everything, you know, not when I was a little kid and I create these bad philosophies, bad, bad problems that it takes forever to fix. Uh, so when I was learning it and everything, I started liking it, started liking it. And then just having that pleasure of striking out batters mm. was so cool. And I loved it. So that's why every time I go out there, I want to strike out every dude. Doesn't matter how many pitches I throw. I just want to strike out every dude. It doesn't yeah. happen, but I wish I can. Hundred huh. percent. And when when you look at everybody that's transitioned from that school, um, do do you look at any notable alumni, or would you like to say that you are the staple center of that school as one of the best athletes to walk through those doors? Uh, I guess you could say that. I actually went there today to do a talk with the high school uh, football team. So I was talking to them, and I was just explaining my story through high school. You know, I th uh, there is no story. Like, I was a shithead in high school, um, missed class, you know, didn't get the best grades. But, like, that's, I was immature. That was mm. my thing. Uh, Tell them, Dylan. Tell them, Dylan. Yep. And I just told him. I told him my whole story. I said, listen, guys, like, no pro guys, no, no college guys want guys that miss class that have a three, I mean, a 2.5 GPA that can barely get in. Doesn't matter how good you are. You're going to end up at JUCO. You're going to end up at a mid-major when you can be at an SEC. Mm -hmm. Or you're going to end up undrafted because you're a shithead. Right. So, like, that was the biggest part uh, I was trying to explain to them. And, you know, I was telling them, I was like, you know, if you guys don't like your position, like, I could tell you my position was a reliever at the beginning of the year. Like, it sucked. I, you know, but I still enjoy, I enjoy the ride. Coach yeah. B had one of those philosophies. It says on the back of every one of our game shirts that the MVP of the game that gets it says enjoy the ride with the Omaha bus on the front. And I wear that shirt a lot because I have like 20 of them now, but that's besides the fact. Humble brag. Humble brag, humble brag. But besides the fact, you know, it's one of those things is like you are enjoying the ride. The ride's never going to be a smooth ride. It's always going to be bumpy. There's going to be ups and downs, and it's up for you guys to fight through it. It could be you or it could be as a team. And you just have to fight through those uh, tough times and get on top of that hill at the end of the day. See, I need Dylan here. I need forget the show. Forget the show. <laughs> I need Dylan in the group chat because That's your life coach, bro. Jim Cross was coming at me for the same exact things this morning. Um, but hey, that's that's a whole different conversation. But I, I Jim, I just want you to replay this tape later back tonight. People can change. Just remember that, Jim. This is back-to-back nights with back-to-back -back guests who are really just dropping some wisdom. Dylan and, and Jack are – I mean, I'm going to just use these two episodes as the for all the kids to learn from. We're getting off topic, but, Mike, so you've changed. Where were you last night? Mm. <laughs> First of all – Family show. Moving on. Family back show. to Dylan. Family show. First moving of all, on. First of all, listen. Where uh, were you supposed to be, Mike? Where was I supposed to be or where was I, sir? Anyways, where back, were you supposed anyway, back to Dylan, back to you? <laughs> Jim never even told me about this episode last night. But anyways, back to Dylan, because everyone's here to listen about Dylan's story, not my incriminating story. But you were ranked as the number 70th overall player in the state of Florida, 21st among right handed pitchers um, by perfect game. 
for you, you know, you, you garnered first team all stay honors in 2019 tab, the 2016, 17 max preps player of the year, a three time all area selection. And you posted a 33 and nine record um, career record. Pardon me with a 329 strikeouts and 251 innings. And that's, that's, that's some pretty serious stuff. You know, I mean, personally myself, you know, I was, I was one of those lame pitchers, so I couldn't get down like that. But for you, those are a lot of accolades and, and for such a young mind for what, what, what goes into that? What goes into that for you? Just having that idea of knowing you are who you are. Uh, my freshman year, I started off in the bullpen for the first, first game. And then I became the starter. Mm-hmm. So after another start, I became the ace as my freshman. Uh, granted our team wasn't that good, but you know, I still enjoyed every moment we had with them. Uh, you could, they would even tell we weren't that good, but we played hard. Right. So that, that was a good part. We didn't have all the talent, uh, but we played hard and we enjoyed every moment together. But when I was going through it, I, that freshman year, I was starting, I was trying to figure out ways. You know, didn't go as hard. I wasn't going as many innings. I was going like four innings, five innings here. So like that. So I was trying to figure out how can I pitch these whole games? I want to throw seven innings. That's what I want to do. I don't care. I just want to throw a seven inning complete game. And, you know, we play in our rival school. Of course, it's our rivals. We're playing Seabreeze. And everything kind of clicked in my mind. You know, you got to, you just got to fill up the zone. Just that's all you got to do. It doesn't matter how hard you throw. Just stop trying to blow it by people. Pitch to what your strengths are. And my strength is throwing three pitches for strikes in any part of the count. And so I was sitting there, you know, it kind of clicked that game through my first ever seven inning game. As a, and it was my freshman year versus the rival school we haven't beaten in like three years. And I threw it and we ended up winning, I think, two to one or one to zero, something like that. I totally forgot. But uh, that was uh, that was a big highlight, you know, and it, everything started clicking after that. Next year, I came back, still stayed with it, stayed with it. Velo started jumping up a little, but I was still staying with it and just saying I could throw three pitches for strikes and that will get me by. That you said velo was jumping up your freshman year when you started pitching. What was your velo topping out at? Uh, freshman year, I was like 82 to 85. I, th- I still threw it hard. I yeah, still yeah. threw it hard. But I'll t- I tell you, Dylan, you said something that is uh, so integral. Like, so I went to, and I can bring this up on an Ole Miss episode because it's your teammate. I went to the best high school duel I've ever seen. It was Hunter Elliott against Brady Tiger last year. Um, and you had number one and number two pitcher in the state for Mississippi. And the reason I bring it up was because Hunter just kept it in the zone. He he was only throwing a steady 90 to 92, wasn't trying to overly power by um, cause most of these kids, they, I mean, they're not touching 91, 92. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, Tiger was getting up to 98, but he kept getting himself into full counts. You know, he, you know, he was all over the place. Whereas Hunter just kept it simple. I'm going to pound the zone and he was more successful for that. And so what you just said, sometimes these guys that get so caught up with the velo and trying to throw as hard as they can, that man, sometimes you just got to make sure that you're throwing strikes. 100%. Like proven. That's what I love to do. I love to prove people wrong. Everybody thinks, oh, this kid's no good. Look at his height. Look at his body. Stuff like that, you know. I've worked hard on my body trying to figure it out, trying to, you know, lose body fat but keep the same weight because that's how I have to be. That's how I have to pitch. That's how my body has to be because if I get skinny, I'm going to tear every ligament in my arm. That's just plain and simple how it how it is. So I'm a bigger you'll, kid. I you'll, tear, you'll tear your UCL, sir, is something. I I Dylan, Dylan might not get that, but uh, I – 
I got a little uh, lesson, a little biology lesson the other week. On the show. <laughs> but um, Dylan, for you, out of all of those seasons, what was really the most memorable one for you, whether it be in high school or not? What, what, which one stood out the most? In, in high school or, or overall? I would say, I would say both, because I'm pretty sure I know overall which one you're going to say. Uh, high school, ooh. I would say my senior year definitely was a good season. I mean, uh, I was first team. Uh, I was first team. I'm, I'm trying to think about it. I knew I was first team all area. Uh, I was uh, selected for the Gatorade game and the All-Star game. So that was like a cool highlight for me, uh, getting to go to those games. And I would say, you know, that year would just top it off. I think I had like a point six ERA, something like that. Something I forgot, but it was, <laughs> it was under a one, uh, well under a one. And, you know, that, that moment, you know, all my four seasons, I think my freshman year had like a 1.1 ERA in like 50 innings. My sophomore year, I had under a one. It was like a .98, and I kept on going down from there. Then I got to a .8 my junior year in like 60-something innings. So I was just like – when I when I had a high ERA this year, I was flipping out. I was like, this is shit. I was like, I had a, under a one. This is bullshit, but no. Um, this year, that senior year for sure was my highlight because I learned so much, and all the pressure was off me because I was going to college. I didn't really have to think. I was. I didn't have to sh- uh, to fight for a scholarship. I was just pitching. Now I was getting to be me. I didn't have to show my velo. I just went out there and did me. Right, and and you kind of talk about your velo, and and I just got a a quick question, kind of about travel ball for you being a freshman in high school, topping out at eighty two miles an hour. Dylan, you got to let me know where you played some travel ball at, because. I know personally, there is no way you were just topping out at 82, just walking into a high school like, yeah, I didn't play any summer ball. I'm just topping out at 82. So can you kind of talk about travel ball really quick and what yeah. that impacted on for you? Uh, freshman year, I played Nations Elite. It's like this local team around here. Um, loved it. I was like, uh, I was on our A team and everything like that. Did well. Then uh, my junior year. Don't, I think I played for my sophomore year. I'm not even 100% sure. It's so long ago. But my junior year, I switched to the Canes Nationals. Uh, they're arguably one of the best organizations in the country. They called me up for Jupiter and said, hey, we need a pitcher. One of my best friends was on the team. It's like, hey, we need a pitcher. It's like, okay, I'm in. Uh, hung on the phone, drove down to Jupiter. Through the first day, started the first night game, which the night game, if you know of Jupiter, is where they shut down 16 fields into four fields. And all the pro scouts migrate to all four of those fields. And it's absolutely crazy. I think there was over 800 pro, like scouts at this game, all in golf carts lining up down the line. It was the coolest moment ever. Um, but I shit my pants. I did. Uh, nope, because... we, can't, we can't relate, Dylan. None of us have ever done that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I walked, I walked the first three batters and beamed a batter. So um, Started out well. Now that, well. that's a Mike Hughes pitching in. That's that's uh, definitely bases loaded. I get in the bases loaded. You no, know, coach comes out. He's like, "You okay, man?" He's like, "Listen, just forget about them. Just pitch." Like, All right, punch out to pop up. Get off the field. No runs. Uh, ended up going four that day or four or five that day. I forgot. I think it was five. Ended up going five that day of I think one run baseball. We ended up winning. And he asked me, you know, I went home. He thanked me. Nothing else. Didn't get a call after. Oh. Okay, 
it was like, oh, I felt used. I was like, all right, cool. Appreciate it. But no, he calls me up Sunday night and they're playing on Monday in the semifinal game versus the D-back scout team. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting there and we're, this is a senior tournament. I'm a, we're all juniors. This is a junior team. We're just playing up. So we're, he calls me back. He's like, hey, I need a guy to pitch tomorrow. Can you be here? Yeah, I'll be here. So I got in the car that night. Me and my mom drove uh, that night. Got there and everything, and uh, threw 7.1 innings, I would say, versus them of, I think, no runs or one run. I forget. It was like no runs or one run. We ended up going into extras into the ninth and because I pitched into the seventh, uh, completed seven, and then threw one out, and then they pulled me, and then someone else came in. We ended up winning, I think, two to one. I think that was the score. Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up winning 2-1 to go to the champ- uh, championship game. We ended up winning it, and I was MVP pitcher of it. Of the Jupiter. amazing part of this story is he was used. He felt used, and then he still came he went right back. He, some people <laughs> like, right back. There, there's a song about it. Some people like to be abused. Uh, yeah, I mean, Ch- Jupiter, I mean, it's one of those terms you don't want to miss. It's the right. best tournament how in the far, country. How far of a drive is that from where you live? Oh, it's not bad. It's like two and a half hours. Okay. So we were like, oh, we're on. I'm in. Uh, so I, I actually skipped school that day, went down there, uh, pitch for them ended up winning an MVP pitcher of it and it was a, it was just one of those cool experiences cool thing is I get to add a, another one right next to it because that one's kind of small and then one I have now is just giant hold up Dylan you said <laughs> that you went and talked to a team about not skipping class you know and all that now I just heard you say you skip but if it's I'm for hearing, a good reason I told, no, no, no. I told you in high school I skipped class I said <laughs> I said that Dylan, Dylan, I'm with you, brother. I'm with you, brother. You know what? Time has gone on. If you guys can't get past it, I don't know what to say. He's an amazing young man, and, and we make mistakes, but we never have a bad time, Dylan. That's that's. It wasn't it a mistake that he got used in in uh, Jupiter. I don't think it was a mistake. I don't think it was. It was either, not a mistake. Dylan, Definitely not a mistake. You kind of talk about Jupiter kind of being this powerhouse of just all these scouts from all these different places coming into one place and on these four fields uh, under the lights at that you know it's friday night lights at its best is is that really where you started to get on college's radars or or how did that really transpire was that in high school or was that at jupiter no yeah that was it was jupiter really put me on the map uh playing for canes nationals i mean i had interest here and there and stuff but you know nothing really serious and stuff so but jupiter when i threw in jupiter I think I had like 40 missed phone calls the next day. Didn't know who they were. And so I just declined, I just declined them. Right. I was like, Oh, I don't want no telemarketer. Uh, ended up being scouts. I mean, uh, college coaches and stuff because my like, Hey, these guys are trying to get a hold of you. Answer your phone. Like, Oh, okay. Calling them back. Hello. Who's this? And uh, good first impression, by the way, by me. Sweet, but you couldn't send a text. I'm bro? sure. I know. I'm sure that happened to me as well. I'm sure that's why I didn't get uh, picked up. Is I must have missed the call, Randy. I must have missed the call. Yeah, you must have. You must have. <laughs> but um, Dylan, to, to recap it all, you know, for you, Charleston, you know, gets on the phone with you at some point. I don't know if that's the same kind of phone call that you had to call him back. Um, but can you kind of talk about why you picked there and and how those conversations kind of started? Uh, yeah, they so they wanted me to take a visit, go up there. And I was like, I really wasn't about it. I just didn't want to take a visit and everything. It was during, it was during about to be baseball season and everything like that. Didn't want to really take a visit. Uh, my high school coach, he said, listen, I have a big offer for you. Go. 
okay. So me and my dad drove down there, drove up there, I would say. And, you know, we were sitting on the couch, got to see everything, got to see the school, loved the school. The school was amazing. Um, and they sat me down. I, one my biggest pro, my biggest thing was I don't want my parents to pay for my college. Right. That was my biggest thing. They came back with an offer with the offer, I think, of like 85%. And I was like, I don't want my parents to pay. He's like, What do you what do we have to do to get you committed? I sat there for 30 minutes in the chair, feeling awkward because I didn't take the offer. And they were like, they looked at me and they said, What do we have to do to get you? I was like, I don't want my parents paying. That's the thing. And they said, okay, deal. We'll give you a full ride. So that was my biggest thing was I didn't want my parents paying for school. So when they offered it, I was like, yeah, didn't really do any research into it. Probably should have, but I took the scholarship because I just didn't want my parents to pay. I wanted my parents, you know, just to keep their money for them. Right. Man, another lesson taught by Dylan to kids everywhere, because a lot of parents don't want to have to pay for their kids' school either. So be like Dylan. Make sure you get it paid for. No. <laughs> Just be a D1 stud pitcher. That's all you got to do, kids. Be like Dylan. Skip class and finesse the system. I, I'm going to be first on and off the bench. Don't skip anymore. Don't skip anymore. I would say don't skip class. <laughs> all right, well, if you were skipping yesterday, tomorrow's a new leaf. That's, that's, yeah, that's there what we're going on. There you go. <laughs> but as we know, you know, you left College of Charleston to go to Northwest Florida. Um, you know, what, what happened? You know, how did you end up from College of Charleston to Northwest Florida? Uh, see me and the kind of the coaches didn't get along with the pitching aspect. Uh, me and the pitching coach didn't really get along in that aspect. And, you know, I had some flaws I needed to fix. I was immature. So me in a town like that, where you could party every single night and go out and drink, it's not a good, uh, good atmosphere for a 18 year old kid that has an ID that get him in. So uh, I just wanted to go to a place that where I could focus on baseball and focus on my schoolwork and not do stupid stuff anymore so I can mature. You know, I was tired of being that immature kid like I was in high school. I needed to grow up, and coaches thought I needed to grow up. So I went to Northwest Florida and uh, Coach Martin there. You know, they have such a good program, good coaching staff, that they promised my dad one thing. My dad said, listen, he'll go there if – you hold him accountable for his actions. And I'll tell you, he held me accountable. <laughs> he held me accountable. I think the first day of class, did not realize when I looked at my sheet, Coach, it says Martin on it, did not realize he was my teacher. <laughs> Showed up late to his class. Oh. Yeah. That was my first impression on him. But and you're a your parallels, you know, I've already mentioned his name once. Uh, you know, Hayden Leatherwood did the same thing when he went to Vanderbilt and messed around. And then luckily with five days left, as he told the story on here, he was able to get into to Northwest Mississippi. So you went to Northwest Florida, you went to Northwest Mississippi. Y'all both, both learned a valuable lesson, as, as you've talked about. Um, yeah. But, you know, even though you left College of Charleston, you went, you went to Northwest Florida State, you know, what were the emotions? Were you still really excited and pumped up when you initially got there? Uh, I was, you know, I was thinking on the way, you know, I'm going back, I'm going to the bottom of the list, you know, everybody despises Juco the way, like I thought, yeah, but I got something to tell you, man, Juco's fun and Juco's legit. 
No, you mentioned it because you talked about the way it is down there, and we're familiar with it um, here in Mississippi. Well, me and Randy are with Mississippi, you know, and you know that you have a lot of teammates or you have a lot of guys you're playing against in the SEC that are coming from that Mississippi JUCO. So yeah, yeah. no, it's it's no it's no joke. Studs are studs are being springboarded from there. You asked you asked me five years ago. I'll tell you, JUCO is a joke, which it probably was. I mean, it wasn't that good. No one really knew about it. Oh, everybody. Every guy that went JUCO was like, damn, I should play D1 or something like that. Damn, I got to go JUCO. Now kids are going JUCO that are 95, 98, just so they can get popped the next year. Mm-hmm. And JUCO is becoming so much bigger and bigger and bigger because it's like M- the NBA draft. You could go for one year and be done. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things. Well, and another one of the things is because you were talking about the financial aspect. A lot of guys, you know, because of the lack of scholarship money, have to start off at a JUCO. You can go ahead, if you can beef up your stats, get your two years of prerequisites done, it's easier then to, you know, when you go up to a Division One school to get that paid for because you have a lot less to, to worry about. And then you also have a resume, like I'm fixing to read off for you. You know, you kind of talked about it, but, you know, as a freshman, um, you know, you posted a, a 6-0 and record uh, with, a, with one save. You threw 40 innings registering a 0.67 ERA, which you, you know, have talked about how you stayed sub-1 with 44 strikeouts. So I don't think I need to tell you how phenomenal a stat line. Um, you know, obviously you had to feel good about that. Like when you have an expectation level, would you say coming out of that, you felt like you met your expectations in that freshman season? Yeah, I did. Um, I felt really good about everything going on. I was ready for, you know, college coaches to be calling me uh, because of that, that season I had. And I thought I did well enough and, uh, I told coach, I was like, I want to go to SEC. I don't care what SEC school. I just want to go to an SEC. And, you know, all the SEC schools kind of passed up on me. And I was like, okay. I was like, I just got to work harder. I just got to be better. I just got to make them want me. And just held off throughout the year. And until Laugh called me, and Laugh was the first SEC school to call me. Then after that, two more called uh, trying to offer me. And I was like, okay, now I have a decision. And then I was like, dude, I was like, Laugh called me two weeks ago. Now all these other SEC schools want to hop on. I was like, Laugh gave me the chance. Uh, and I called him one night at like one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Not like it. <laughs> I, like, I said, I'm coming Ole Miss. I said, I'm ready. He's like, all right, good. I'll get the paperwork started. I mean, that's um, not the worst call to get at one in the morning to have some. No, 100%. 100% not. But, uh, I, you know, I took the chance because of the atmosphere. I mean – 12,000 fans you're playing in front of can't be there's three programs that sell out tickets and that's us Mississippi State and Arkansas I mean who else who else sells out of tickets in the SEC or any other I college? ain't gonna lie to you as an LSU fan we try oh, to LSU LSU said <laughs> well I was actually gonna say we try to claim we do I was down there when we played y'all and uh they claimed that it was full and you know you were playing it and it wasn't full but they tried to claim it but LSU, you know, the way still, you beat us down, by the way, LSU still gets a lot of fans. Yeah. So I would say LSU, there's, there's, there's four programs that can make fans in there. Uh, so, you know, I wanted to go play versus the best. I wanted to go see all the fans. I wanted all these fans rooting for me. It was really cool to see it. And then, you know, my first time out, out of the pen, I think that first week, whew, man, I had an adrenaline rush because I haven't hit 95 in my life. I've hit 94, stuff like that. I've never hit the 95. And holy cow, I was sitting 94 to 95 coming out of that pin the first inning. At my first outing, I was I just had such an adrenaline rush. 
And uh, I think I gave up a run that game in one inning, and I was done. So I was like, oh, great. Well, I'm going to let Randy get into all things Ole Miss for you, uh, with you. I just got one more question because, you know, we started off this whole thing talking about um, being Burford's roommate. Um, you know, how cool was it, you know, when y'all found out that y'all were going to Oxford to play for Ole Miss together? Oh, it was amazing. I mean, when I met Burford, uh, me and him had such a – actually, we did not have the first good impression. I'm not going to lie. Uh, first impression, I come – he comes in the dugout. He's like, yo, what's up? My name's Reagan. And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> I said to him, I said, I don't care. I was like, go do your job. And that uh, – so he was just like, who the hell is this dickhead? And he's like, and so me and him didn't make a first impression. But he said, as soon as I saw this man start for the first time, I, he said, I dropped everything. He's like, I became a Dylan DeLucia fan. Uh, me, and then me and him just got close throughout the year. Like, uh, you know, going into Juco and it's your first semester and you're already starting baseball, it's hard to make friends right there, right away. But, you know, uh, we, we stuck with him. And, you know, we love him to death in Juco. We love him at Ole Miss. So we brought him in our family and Juco. And he played with us. We did everything together. Like, because in Juco, you live with each other. So you're only hanging out with the baseball team. So we everybody did everything together. We brought him in our circle, you know, and he ended up being just a great dude. And then when I came to North, uh, when I got the offer from Ole Miss, he was the one telling me all about it, what, what there is, how fun it is baseball and everything he's the one that actually persuaded me kind of to go to Ole Miss I'm not gonna lie he gave me everything I needed to know and uh when they asked for him to come back it was a cool thing because we immediately started looking for apartments together we were like hey we're living with each other I don't like living with multiple people like three four people that's not me uh I like my space (laughs) but when we brought it back. Mississippi State because those dudes be rolling four or five deep living together. Yeah, no, we do it here, but I, me, I'm good with just Burford. I'm good with Reagan. So listen, it sounds like Dylan, you've you've mentioned a few things. You know, your first game under the lights, first con- first impression with Reagan. I mean, first impressions aren't really your thing here. Is what I'm. It's kind of what I'm hearing. You got to grow on people. Yeah, I know. I got to grow. But once <laughs> once I grow on you, everybody apparently loves me absolutely that's what everybody says i don't know if it's true or not they're lying to me no it's all good so i gotta ask you you go from obviously living in florida your whole life you played in florida and then you go to oxford mississippi what was that transition like and was it like a culture shock to you to go from florida to oxford uh i said where am i i said dude i'm in the 1952 yeah i said dude i'm in the middle of nowhere i'm driving down because we went to new orleans first and I'm driving down the road. I'm like, dude, all I see is woods and trees and farmland. I'm like, I'm not in Texas. I'm in Mississippi. Like, oh my gosh. And I'm sitting there. I'm just like figuring out. I'm like, okay, okay. You know, just wait until you get to the college. Wait until you get to the college. Get to the college. I'm like, damn, there ain't nothing here too. (laughs) Sure was, sure was I wrong though. Cause Oxford is the coolest town I've ever lived in and ever been in. I mean, that place is something special, and that thing will always hold a special piece in my heart because I absolutely love it there. No, absolutely. So you mentioned this already coming out of the pen. It wasn't your first choice, but you start the season out of the bullpen, and anybody that follows Ole Miss baseball, you know that how Coach B, you mentioned his philosophy, enjoy the ride. He got a lot of arms. He had to figure out who the starters were because day one starters, that doesn't really mean anything. That might not be the end of season starters. 
as we saw with you guys. But do you think, even though it wasn't your choice, do you think it helped you to start out in the bullpen this year, or would you still like, no, I want the ball day one? Uh, I still wanted the ball day one, no matter what. Uh, if I could change it, I would do it because I wanted that ball. Um, but, you know, God has his plan. You know, I'm happy that I was in the pin, though. I got to be with the team. Um, I got to fight for my position at the end of the day. You know, um, I think uh, anybody could say I earned that I earned that spot now. You so. absolutely did. So there was a rumor, and I'm going to ask you, this isn't controversial, I hope, but there was a rumor that you went to coach the coaching staff and, and basically pledge your case to be a starter. Is that true? Uh, yes and no. I mean, I kind of just hinted to him in practice one day. It's like, coach, you know, if I start, you ain't going to take me out of it. <laughs> and I kind of just said that to coach me and just looked at me and just walked away. I was like, Cool. That was when we were the number one team in the country, so I wouldn't have changed anything either. Hey, right. hey, Randy, what we know, Kobe says you miss uh, 100% of the shots you don't take, right? That's 100%, right. 100%. All right, Dylan. So we mentioned it in the show. Uh, I am a Tennessee fan, and you threw a shot at me, but I gotta. I'm gonna, I want to read this quote. I know you know it. I know you know it. Don't, don't say it. Don't say the tweet. We won't don't. say the tweet. We won't. But I got to ask you, though, the next, the next game, I see the camera pan over to you, and they're going to interview you again. You said, oh, no, I can't do that. Was I mean, you don't got to tell us exactly what was said, but did Coach B like, nah, bro, not that. No, he. Uh, I definitely did get a text from Laugh, not from Coach B. Uh, Laugh was like, what the heck did you just do, Dylan? And I was like, I don't even know. That was my first time doing media. And I screwed it up bad. You said what you felt, man. Yeah, I, I did. I, but Randy, I'm not, honestly, I'm not going to take back anything I said. That's not me. I'm never going to take back anything. Because I if I it in that moment, I meant it in that moment. You know, oh. I thought, you know, I thought we did. Uh, we didn't play our best ball. You know, I'm not going to say we didn't take them lightly. Uh, I wish I could take back that part, you know, because I knew everybody played as hard as they could that game. I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't say me and Randy didn't have a little fun at your expense because I was at the game and I was messaging him and, and we were talking about maybe he shouldn't have said that. Yeah. No, I, maybe I shouldn't have, but, you know, that's in the past. And, you know, I'm just I'm just going to leave it in the past. Listen, Conor matter. McGregor said I apologize to absolutely fucking nobody. You don't apologize for that kind of stuff. I'm a Tennessee fan and I respected it. Obviously, it's going to draw some attention from Tennessee fans and other fans, but, like, I'm a huge Tennessee fan and I didn't take – any disrespect to it you're a competitor you said what you felt i respect it and then from that point on i mean you solidified yourself as the friday night starter had some pretty dominant performances from there so to me it wasn't like you needed that wake-up call but you got the opportunity you said what you said and from then on you played like you talked so you didn't just say it you backed it up dylan so talk to me was that a turning point for you in the season you talked earlier about you had to mature a little bit maybe it's something you wouldn't say again but, I mean, was that a turning point for you? Uh, in media, yes, 100%. That was a turning point. But for everything else, I was still the same pitcher. Uh, I've been the same pitcher since I was. You know, I've just uh, – when I became a starter, I've only ever started. So, when I was in the pen, I was trying to overthrow. I was trying not to be me. Uh, instead of, like I said, throwing those three pitches for strikes. Me as a starter, I'm able to cool down – and pitch my game, not pitch anybody else's. I don't have to come in for anybody. So when I became, when he said I'm a starter, he said, I said, I'm not giving this job back. I said, I want to let you know that I'm not giving it back. No one's going to take this job from me. And I'm glad I held my word on it because 
I really did feel that because when I'm a starter, you know, I go out there for the first time, I solidify right as that first pitch in that first inning. After that first inning, if I get out, my first inning is always my rough inning because I'm trying to figure out, trying to figure out what's working for me, how are they are, are they taking, stuff like that. I'm trying to figure out everything. But as soon as, if I get out of that first inning, give it up zero runs, oh, you're, you're done. You're hey, Randy, his mentality should make sense. Do you know what his walk-up song is? <laughs> what is it's, it? It's till I collapse by Eminem. Oh, of course. That's not, not anymore. That's not anymore. Anymore? Yeah. You twist it. Yeah. Oh, we, it's, it's got to come hard then. If you're gonna come off till I collapse, it better come hard. We changed it as my first start um, at home was Mississippi State. We changed it that outing to Big Papa. Okay, and, and you pitched like Big Papa. I'm getting, I'm glad you took me into that. You had a complete game against Mississippi State, and I got to ask you, as a guy from Florida, how long did it take you to really understand and respect the rivalry with Mississippi State? I didn't know it until after that game, when I was went on Twitter and I had people Twitter Mississippi State fans, you still ain't nothing. You just got lucky, <laughs> stuff like that. That's when I found out this was a rivalry. You're like lucky for the whole, all nine innings. Randy, yeah. They're lying because I was, you know, I was with the Mississippi State fans at that game, and they were literally like, "We got to get this guy off the bump, like because that's our only chance to win it." So they're full of crap because they they knew what he was doing. Was <laughs> that your favorite game though, Dylan, of the season? Well, besides the yeah, the World you know, Series, you know, Randy, take the out the world. Team. No, it's still not. Take what? Take what was it? Still not. Uh, I think Arkansas. That was uh, my favorite game. Because now my favorite home game for sure, yes, Mississippi State, uh, Arkansas. I think is the game that I'll always remember, because I mean that was a packed house of completely sold out Arkansas fans. Mm. It was my first packed out house of a full uh, sold out crowd, and you know Arkansas was really good, and it was just really cool to pitch in that environment because everybody was after you. Like at home, everybody was cheering me on at Mississippi State. It, yeah. That's definitely Mississippi State was definitely a high. I loved every single moment of it. I mean, it was outstanding. I loved it. Um, but that Arkansas, you know, having those fans just go against you is just something I love, and I love that. I love to make their. I love to make everything quiet uh, in that stadium. That no one chanting for anybody uh, because the other team is winning and the other pitchers shoving up their butt. You like but, to snatch no. some souls. Yes. Snatch the souls for sure. Uh, also to end the swoop pig too. I think I only heard it once that game. Oh, start of the game. <laughs> the only thing I don't, I only think I dislike more than that is the Vandy whistler. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. That guy, that guy was a lot during the tournament. No doubt. So Dylan, you know, the, the captain, he said, don't let the Rebs get hot. You know, you guys on social media, your whoever does their social media does a great job came out as a clip, and you guys did get hot. But there's still some questioning going into the selection show. Is Ole Miss going to get in? You end up getting your name called, and now you know that you're going to get a chance. How confident are you guys now that you know you're in? Did you guys think now's the time to make a run? Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, the way I looked at it as – and I kind of told a, bunch, a couple people on the team. Uh, the way I looked at it as everybody's zero and zero now. It doesn't matter if you're Tennessee and you had the dream team and you went all the way of 57 or whatever it was and something, you know, doesn't matter about that. Everybody's zero and zero. Everybody can, anybody can beat anybody. So why not we just treat it like a new season? You know, we were supposed to be this dream team. 
of because we had every hitter returning. We had pitchers that were supposed to be legit. Um, we, and then we just didn't have anything click for us throughout the year. You know, it's either our hitting was good, our pitching was bad. Our pitching was good, our, our hitting was bad. So we didn't have both click. And we were like, you know, why not just try to make it click this time? And I, I was thinking, you know, guys, stop playing like we're the dream team and we have to be the dream team. And just let's start having fun again. Let's start having fun with baseball. Show up to the field happy and we're ready to play and just have a good time. And you see the dugout energy start to change uh, when, when we went to Miami because everybody kind of forgot about the, oh, we had to be the dream team. We we're supposed to be number one in the country, all this stuff. Um, so when we went down there, I mean, everything kind of changed. And then you saw us win that first game. I was kind of thinking, you know, I told everybody, I was like, guys, if we go 0-2 and, and we played our and we played fun ball and we were just us again, so be it, whatever. But let's stop being someone we're not and let's just have fun. And absolutely fun. You had my friend. Oh, we had a lot of fun. I mean, going five and zero before the college road series. That's fun. That is fun. So I got to ask you, you, you mentioned that you like playing on the road. Obviously you guys take care of business in Coral Gables and Hattiesburg. Did you kind of like the fact that you guys weren't hosting and you get to get on the road and play in these hostile environments? Uh, I told everybody, uh, I do not like throwing a Swayze. Uh, love the fan base, love the fan base. I don't like the mound. I don't know why there's something with the mound I don't like. Um, can't figure it out still. But every time it seems like I throw a Swayze besides the Mississippi State outing, I get shelled or I give up hits and stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, uh, I think it was just a little tweaks I had to make and my ball was getting flat and stuff and because uh, I was trying to overthrow in front of all of our fans, you know, trying to just be something I wasn't. But when we went on the road, you know, we were – it seemed like we were always a road team this year. Seemed like you know our road series, we were good. Yeah, I saw I saw that in Baton Rouge. Like I told you, I went I went down there, and I mean y'all absolutely waxed my my Tigers, dude. One hundred percent. You know that was that was our turning point. Uh, that miss that Mizzou series when Chris Coglin came to talk to us. Uh, kind of turned our kind of turned our ears a little. You know, started letting us play our best baseball. So let me ask you, because you've been such a straight shooter and you've talked about what it was like playing at Arkansas and everything. I was in Hattiesburg the weekend before at the regionals because LSU was there. Okay. Um, I wasn't very impressed uh, with the Southern Miss crowd. And it feels like it's some kind of hot extra there. Like, am I wrong on either of those? Oh my, it was 10 times hotter there than anything else. <laughs> I'm was, telling you. I was, I was dying, dying. I mean, our coach can't. I, I forgot. I came back in in the fifth inning, and uh, my coach just looked at me and he said, "Dude, this kid looks shot." I mean, my whole jersey was completely soaked. I was thinking about going to the uh, bathroom to try to wring it out a little, but I mean, it was so much sweat and so much humidity. It was crazy. I was like, "Dude, I'm not even in Florida, man. I'm in Mississippi." <laughs> but those fans, something else too. Uh, they were sitting down in the bullpen. I was warming up before the game and I still, I tell everybody this because I think it's really funny. They look right at coach laugh and they're like, and I just immediately start laughing. I like, they were like, uh, they're explaining to me. They're like, damn Dylan, you're fat as hell. I was like, dude, come on now, chill out. And I just started cracking up on the mound. I had, I literally had to step off in the bullpen, just give me a second, and then I got back to work. I was like, dude, these fans are cracking me up, and they're going, they're trying to go at me right now. That's what it's all about. But you, you dropped ten nothing on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that didn't last very long. 
but you, you get to, so you get to Omaha, obviously take care of business. Is there, do you soak it all in at the moment? Are you just, are you so focused on the first game or do you take a moment to really realize where you're at and what you're doing? Uh, we got there like three days before. So I think we kind of soaked it in those first two days after the parade and everything that parade, definitely, you know, we soaked it all in. We soaked in every moment. And after that day, we had practice the next day because we had the off day. We had, we had, well, we didn't have the off day. We just had the game the second day. And I, we were all sitting there and we were, just, we took it all in and we were like, all right, guys, it's game time. It's ready to go. It's time to grind. It's time to get better. It's time to win this stuff. Like, like uh, we've all said, we got to Omaha. Now we have to win a national championship. Yeah. So I got a question for you. Obviously you played travel ball, you know, my kid plays travel ball and it always seems like you travel eight hours from home and then you end up playing teams that you've already played a bunch of times. So you guys get to Omaha, end up playing Arkansas and Auburn. You end up pitching a dominant performances, but for that, that travel ball, was it similar to that? You're like, man, we've already played these teams. Do you like that, that you're familiar with those teams? Uh, see, the good part is versus Auburn, you didn't know what I was. I never, I didn't start versus them. Uh, true. Three innings of relief, but I didn't get to start versus them. So it was kind of nice having that. Uh, it was like I was playing a new team and versus Auburn, but we had all the information we needed on them. I mean, we played them three times. Yes, it was at the beginning of the season, but, you know, swings don't change much during the season. They don't. They shouldn't. Um, yeah. So just seeing that we had all the notes we needed and we get, you know, there was one game we gave up a lot of runs. I think we gave up 19 in that Saturday game. So quite a bit. Was, yeah, it was quite a bit. So we had all the information on what these guys don't like, what these guys like throughout the year. So we were just watching film on them and, you know, everybody just said, don't let Sonny beat you. Don't let Sonny beat you. So, like Coach B was saying, he was like, listen, if we have to intentionally walk him, we have to intentionally walk him. Uh, I told him, you know, me being me, how competitive I am, I said, Coach, we're not, we're not intentionally walking anybody. We're going after everybody. I was like, we're not going to play scared. I was like, let's go at him. And I, I kind of brought it up to him. I was like, Coach, last time I pitched versus him, I shook him out. Come on now. I was like, I got him again. And so I just went at him. You know, he he called a couple way balls, like, to get off the plate. And I was like, uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm going to throw this right on the outside corner. I'm not I'm not walking this dude. Uh, but, you know, that kid's such a good player, and he deserves all the respect. He should be intentionally walked. He really should. That kid is so good. And, uh, and I just wish the best for him because he was absolutely a baller this year. Yeah, but, he was you really know, good. Playing Arkansas, uh, I got the start versus him so already in the year and I was just excited for it but you know I was I was like okay we're gonna win these next two I'm gonna start versus whoever in the championship you know that was my game plan and um but Arkansas work. had put up 17 runs the game before you guys right so I mean you know they're they're hot right yeah uh didn't work out that way then Elliot started Elliot you know Elliot's just a dog that kid has something a freshman he has a fre he has a he, he presents himself like a senior on the mound you know he he looks like he's been in there that show for about 40 years now that yeah, kid's gonna and, be and jim talked about it. he was doing that his senior year of high school yeah yeah uh, dylan I, when i'm right i'll make sure everybody knows about it and before the season started i predicted him to be in the weekend rotation and a lot of folks didn't Did even you predict me huh no i didn't no, no i didn't matter of fact if you look at my old miss write-up 
The good news is I put y'all in Omaha and I got laughed at. So I defended y'all. The bad news is you're not in my write-up, my guy. I'm sorry. Yeah, hey, that, that just shows you, hey, man, you you came under the radar and, and showed everybody what you had when they, they didn't, you know, put the we respect like, on your name. We like being on the bottom of the list. It, it makes that much better of a story. It you does. were in my write-up, Dylan. I just want you to know. There's there's no confirmed write-up, but just take my word for it. You were there. Somewhere in your heart. I got so, look, heart. I got two last questions that I'm going to get. I'm going to send you over to Mike so y'all can talk about his write-up. <laughs> but when you, you're obviously Arkansas being hot, you, you go against him, you held him to one. What was working for you specifically that day? Oh, I mean, everything kind of. Uh, I didn't have my command earlier, earlier in the game. Um, I was kind of battling through that. Uh, my arm still kind of my legs felt like jello actually out of the uh, my arm felt really good my legs just kind of felt tired and you know uh, when I was in the windup my my legs felt like jello striding when I was in the stretch my legs had all the power in the world it was so weird how everything was connecting but we didn't have to be in the stretch that much so we we, we learned out of the windup but uh you know, I just went after him, uh, literally like I do every single team. Just try to get that first pitch, first uh, first pitch strike. And the biggest key to that game and to every game that I've done well in is getting the first out of the inning. You could get out of so many jams if you just get that first out of the inning because you could get that first out of the inning, give up a hit, give up another hit. All you need is a punch out to get it and the ground out or whatever happens after that to get off the field. It yeah. doesn't matter, but um, – you let that first person on, it's harder to get out of those innings because you don't know what's going to happen. You have to get three outs to get off the field before that guy scores. Well, and another thing you don't do is you don't walk guys, which is a mistake that a lot of guys do. And, you know, that walk always comes back to bite you, especially like you were saying on a leadoff walk or anything like speaking that. Of, speaking of no walk, second game against Auburn, complete game, four hit, no walk, no runs. I got to ask you, last question, was there any chance you were coming out of that game, Dylan? Uh, not a chance. Uh, Coach B came out, and I was like, gosh, I was like, no way. It's like, no way. And then I looked down at the pen, and I'm like, oh, no one's warming up. Sweet. Let's go. And you <laughs> he know, just he wants came, to ask you how you're doing. Yeah. Uh, no, he comes out there every time. <clears throat> every time he comes to check on me, it's the first checkup is always he comes out just to check on my emotions, see how I'm feeling. Because he says it in the meetings all the time. Uh, and media, I mean. And he says, you know, he's an emotional pitcher. He is, because uh, he wants to do so well. He Sometimes he could just get over himself and try to overthrow sometimes. So I go out there and just to check on his emotions, see how he's doing. And you know, that's all I really did. You know, I told him, I was like, how are you doing out here? How's your emotions? And then that was it. And then he, I walked back to the dugout. And then the next very pitch, I get a rollover to get out of the inning. Uh, so that was really cool. You know, he knows kind of the perfect way, perfect timing to come out. He does. 100%. And Dylan, for you, you know, there's a lot to unpack in this year. Um, but most notably, other than winning a championship, is winning most outstanding player of the College World Series. For you, can you kind of unpack what that means for you after experiencing everything you've gone through, Juco all the way on? Oh, it, it's a truly a blessing. It is. Uh for me to get selected, I don't even know how many college world series there's been, but uh, you know, to be one of the ones of how many there's been so far is truly a blessing because I, I'm right there with you know great athletes, great pro players. Because you look at back at it, I guarantee there's a lot of big leaguers on there. Um, 
And, you know, it's truly something special. And I feel blessed for it every single day. You know, I feel blessed for it to go to Ole Miss and get the chance to play, to be a part of this team, to be part of this coaching staff, uh, be part of the school, be part of Oxford, you know, all the fans and stuff. I just feel truly blessed. And, you know, <clears throat> at the end of the day, you know, it was such a cool accomplishment that I'm, I texted our coach today. I was like, when am I getting this trophy, man? <laughs> I was like, they said they were shipping it to me. It's been what? All, almost two weeks almost I still haven't got this trophy back I want this thing back like I don't want someone else to have it I don't want to sit on their shelf I want it on my shelf in my room <laughs> definitely and, and for your favorite play of the season you obviously talk about all the great teammates you've had over the years but this season in specifics other than a play that involved yourself um, or obviously the final out what would you say your favorite moment of this season was or any particular play uh, my favorite play when I was pitching was the double play ball first Arkansas. I had a rough first inning. Um, and, you know, I gave up no runs, but I gave up like back-to-back -back hits and stuff like that. And Peyton just, ball gets right up the middle. You can see it on video, it's on video. Goes right up the middle. I was like, I just missed it. I was like, oh. Peyton just comes out of nowhere, flips the Gonzo, turns a double play. We get out of the inning. It was crazy. And that kind of was my favorite play because you know, after that, you know, they started making those unbelievable plays behind me. Kevin made a sick ton of diving plays this year for me. I mean, bench, you know, bench is just all around. Just, I think, the greatest um, utility guy I've ever seen in my life. He can literally do it all. If you put him back there at catcher, won't be that. You won't be Dunhurst, but I think he'll be just fine back there. I've never seen somebody more nonchalant, just smooth as butter, get a ground ball on third and just – like he, lo it looks effortless for that guy. Yeah. Well, look, yeah. True, true story for you, Dylan. The the one box of baseballs behind me the, is is all Ole Miss, right? And yeah. every one of those has been a guest on the show except for Justin Bench. He happened to uh, we were sitting there. And he signed my son's ball, and I put that in there just because he's Justin Bench. So he hadn't even been a guest on the show, but he made the box. I think yeah. he could be a catcher. That's ironic. I wonder if anybody in his family's ever been a catcher. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> No, but yeah, these these guys, everybody has made, there's not just one favorite play, I would say, you know, all the plays that these uh, this team has gotten for me to help me out, to get me off the field are special plays in my book. 100%. And for you, you know, obviously speaking with a intelligent, intelligent individual such as yourself, you know, parades, parties, it's, it's been a part of the lifestyle for a very long time. Take me through the Oxford parade and, and really what that was for you. Um, for someone like me who never made it, I wasn't yeah. personally there. I didn't get a chance to meet Jim Cross in Omaha. Um, but what was that like for you kind of just to be a part of that parade? Oh, it was, it was definitely like a dream come true. Like it was seeing all these fans sitting there waiting for us, uh, getting to put on that jersey again. Like it was, it gave me, it gave me the jitters, you know, it gave me the goosebumps and I was so excited for it because we get to, we brought it back to Oxford. You know, everybody in Oxford has been waiting for this trophy for so long between, between every man sport. We literally have forever, forever, literally forever. It's the first time. And, you know, just to see their faces and like Tim has said in media, this will become the greatest team to ever be in Ole Miss baseball history that we all will be legends and I'm just happy to be a part of it. Like this team was something special, a special group of guys 
and to be celebrating it with them in the parade, the ceremony, um, getting to go out with them. You know, it was personally like a dream come true because everybody deserved it no matter what. If you were red-shirted, if you were a fan, that trophy was literally for everybody and it was for the University of Mississippi. It was for Oxford. That trophy was just so that everybody knows that we are Ole Miss. And, and you know what's interesting about it, Dylan? You know, we talked. you talked about um, playing loose and just having fun, but with not with the expectations. But the expectations were there. And I bring that up because, you know, a lot of people started who weren't familiar with Ole Miss from around the country were kind of calling y'all Cinderella. And I was like, no, this is the team that they were supposed to be. This is what happens when everything starts clicking. This isn't a Cinderella of a bunch of guys – who are just, you know, mediocre and they put it all together at the right time. This is a solid stud filled team that got hot as the, as the captain said, and y'all, and y'all put it all together. So for me, this is what was supposed to be accomplished, but for whatever reason, you know, like, like we talked about, it just took to a certain point in the season to where it all clicked. Yeah. 100%. Uh, you know, we had those rough patches. We did, but like I said earlier, the, the ride's never smooth. There's always those ups and downs. There's always those bumps in the road. You have to enjoy those bumps at the same time. 100%. You know, obviously, Ole Miss will never forget it, whether it be the franchise and the organization itself, the college itself, or just the fans who will never forget it, the people in the town who will never forget it. But for you, Dylan, a week later, what is the vibe like right now? Because all I'm hearing is humbleness. I, I want to get a little <laughs> bit of Dylan out of here. I want to hear some noise. How are you feeling? Can you still feel every moment you were feeling a week ago? Oh, I, I still think about the crowd in Omaha, man. I still think about the parade. I still think about the one thing I think about the most, though, is coming back to Oxford after the parade. We're doing the ceremony. Tim gets announced he got his statue. So that's the coolest thing. But you know, seeing my name called walking out of the dugout because they announced our names before we walked out and just seeing everybody scream, you know, what they were doing in Omaha, loose, you know, it, it made me feel special. Like it, it truly was something so special that like I have no words to describe it, uh, like how this fan base is. I mean, it was just it was definitely a blessing and definitely uh one of the best moments definitely of my college career, just seeing the fans do that uh, because, you know, you never going to, you may never get that chance again. And yeah. those are, those are the moments you want to cherish, not because, Oh yeah, the complete game and stuff, you know, you want to cherish the moments like that. You're walking out to the national championship team and you're with all your boys, you're with all your teammates, you're with all your coaches, with all the administration that helped you get there, you know, it's definitely a true thing. It's, it's a true blessing to be a part of it. But uh, getting back to your question, though, about me a week later, man, I'm just enjoying it. I am. Uh, after that parade, I think you could tell by me bartending uh, on Twitter, I, I, I was enjoying it. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I'm just happy that we got to bring it back to Oxford. I really am. And I'm happy that, you know, I get to get back to work now get to still keep on lifting, still keep on throwing and get ready. 100%. And, and you know, you kind of mentioned what it's like of, of just having this idea once it's all over. What am I going to do? What's next for you, Dylan? Are you potentially looking at the draft? Are you looking at free agency or Dylan, are we running it back? I think, is it safe to say we're running it back? Uh, I'm like, I've told everybody, you know, I'm excited to be going through this process. 
you know, if my name is called, it's, it's another dream come true for me. Um, but, you know, I told everybody, but, you know, I still have a family in Oxford that I would love to go back to. So whatever happens, happens. Um, but I, I don't have any answer for you right now, yeah. you know, but I just know that I have a family in Oxford and I know that if I do take it, I feel like everybody would understand and be happy for me. But uh, I'm just excited to be going through the process at the same time. Well, Dylan, when the Chicago Cubs eventually call your name, just know I was the one who called it and, and we will <laughs> a drink as soon as possible. You, you won't have to bartend here. Everything's going to be beautiful. It's going to be a great Perfect. time. Um, and Jim and Randy are just going to unfollow you for some random reason. And then you'll never uh, know why. Not true. Liam Spence was drafted by the Cubs and that's our guy. So. <laughs> See, perfect we're all we're all cool here now we're all good oh yeah <laughs> i forgive you for what you said about my team yeah. oh, mm. honestly dylan and i didn't really touch on that jim right before you go you know you didn't lie and that was my thing just before we just move on from it you, you didn't everything you said there wasn't a lie and i have a problem when someone misevaluates someone else or it's something disrespectful was said but everything you said in that moment was your truth. So I, I never even personally took offense to it. I could see, you know, where some people get salty about it, but see, I would double down if I were you. Dylan, I, I didn't take offense to it either. I just took it as, you know, that's me. I'm competitive. I'm going to be me. I'm going to say what I want. Yeah. She shouldn't have said it, but I'm not going to take it back now. I'm listen, not going to go on Twitter and apologize for it. Exactly. And then, uh, listen, uh -oh. as much as those guys, and I love that team. I love those guys. They've all been on here as much as they barked throughout the season if somebody barks back you just that is part of the game you gotta eat that yeah you eat and that. you know you see i don't think you know there probably been a handful of Ole Miss fans came that back at me like oh why would he say that stuff like that you know but all i hear was just tennessee fans going on and you know you don't worry about the media right you know you don't let that interfere with your baseball and you just go out there and just be you at the end of the day Randy, you know what my favorite part of that series was? And we're going to tell Dylan this here right now. A lot, a lot of people know that are on his team. So, you know, we we had, I don't know, like 12 Ole Miss guests this year, uh, by far of the most of any team we had. Um, but I was in – we had nine Tennessee guests, and, and that got set up after, for the most part, that series. And the reason that did was – and Leatherwood spotted me. He, he knew what I was doing. Um, I was sitting in the Tennessee section with the Tennessee families – and I, and I I was I was mingling, getting my way in, you know, trying to trying to set up some uh you know potential interviews. And so it was so funny because I run into Elko and Leatherwood outside and they see that I'm wearing a Tennessee hat and they're like, Really, bro? And I was like, I'm networking and hating guys, I feel you, I see what you're doing or whatever. So, <laughs> so I ain't even lie to you. I was sitting up in the Tennessee section with those folks, but like I said, it ended up landing us at not only just players, we ended up having Tony V on here. So I have no shame in my game. Hey, man, if I got a network out, if I got to wear orange, maroon, red, you know, I'm an LSU fan, but I wear everybody else's stuff, support, support the guests, everything. I was even I was even in Omaha wearing an old Miss shirt. So, you know, got to do what I got to do. Man, I respect it. I'm not I'm not mad at you. You know, you got to respect that at the end of the day. You're trying to hustle out here. Exactly. So, uh, you know, some fan bases don't like it, but I'll, I, I root for every every athlete that comes on here. So I'm a fan. I'm a fan of yours. I was a fan of yours already. I'm a fan uh, for sure now. But with that, man, we went through all the hard stuff. Uh, there is some hard uh, questions in this game, but we're going to play a game, um, get a little more fun side, even though, I don't know, you've been pretty fun most of this episode. 
but it's <laughs> called this or that, man. And uh, basically, you pick one or the other. The uh, the only rule is you can't say neither, and you can't say uh, both. So you down to play? Gosh. All right. So here we go, man. I think I think this one actually isn't a softball question to start. If you can okay. be only at one, would it be the Grove or the Beach? The Beach. Oh no! Hesitation. Wait, wait. Did you say the Grove? The Grove. Like in oh our- the grow. Oh, that's a tough one. Uh I'm going the grove for sure. Yeah, grove actually thinking about it. All right. Would you rather be funny or would you rather be smart? Funny for sure. I'm not smart. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. All right. Better bombs, Elko or Alderman? Elko for sure. I was, uh, you know, that's what I felt, but I don't know, man. Uh, Kemp, you know, Kemp, smashes, Kemp, he smashes them. Kemp smashes them, but Elko, you know, what's better than Elko home run at the end of the day? No doubt. All right, what would you rather have, pizza or tacos? <laughs> tacos. Yeah, some thinking in that question. Sometimes people fire right off, but I feel you on that. I I, I have to think when it comes to those two. All right, we're gonna bring <laughs> we're gonna bring Elko back into it. This is a fun one. Uh, both guests of the show, more powerful: Hunter Elliott's hair flow or Tim Elko's mustache. More powerful. Yeah. I'm going Elliott's hair because you cannot touch it. You cannot. He said. We had him on before the season started, and we asked him, and he told us outright he would not cut his hair, he would not touch it, because that is where his power comes from. So that's why I asked. And then with Elko and the mustache, you know, uh, a lot of folks were saying, I, you know, man, I need to maybe grow a mustache, get the Tim Elko rocking us. And unless you're hitting bombs like Elko, you can't rock the stash. Like, yeah. You it know, makes him look uh, like he's 45. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, parade when he's wearing the aviators, he looks like a, a state trooper. Oh my, oh my god, it's so funny. I, I uh, what's it called? It's called cops, I think, or yeah. uh, state troopers. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, the yeah. super troopers. Yeah, super troopers. There it is. Yeah, I was like, dude, you look exactly like them right now. Absolutely. All right. So if you can go to any concert there is or any sporting event there is, which one are you doing, concert or sporting event? Any concert? Ooh, I'm definitely going concert. I want to go. All right, sure. who is it? Who is it? Who are we going to see? I would definitely want to see Morgan Wallen and Drake, for sure. Together. Man. Together. <laughs> you know, if I could do that together and have Morgan Wallen first and then Drake come on after, heck yeah, I would do it. I would definitely pick that over any sporting event. There you go. All right, here we go. The three tough questions. These are the staple questions of the show. Would you rather save 100 strangers or just one person you love? One person I love. It's really an easy answer, but Jack Jack took the route last night with the 100 strangers, so somebody finally went off, but I think most of us would save that loved one. Yeah. All right. I actually think I know where you're going to answer on this one. Would you rather be the hero or would you rather be the villain? The hero. Oh, really? I, I, you know what? I thought you might like that villainous role. It, would that, would that be the case? Uh, who's your favorite superhero? Uh, I don't really have a favorite superhero. What? I really, I didn't watch, I didn't watch Marvels until this year until Burford introduced me to all of them. And all right, you watched those with them. Who was your favorite <laughs> out of those? That I mean, we like watched Avengers and stuff. So what? Like Hulk wasn't your dude? Like Thor? I mean, who? Give me somebody. Oh, I would say, um, I'm trying to remember his name. 
<laughs> my man was not paying attention at all during the movies. It was the guy with the the big hammer. Thor. <laughs> yeah, that guy. That guy threw that thing. Yeah, I want that guy. My guy. All right. Last one, and uh, we'll, we'll find out a lot right here. Would you rather do 10 years in a coma or five years in prison? Well, I'm picking five years in prison. Oh, you think you can handle that prison life? Hell no, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Randy, you know what? He picked prison, but at least he didn't, like, say he was going to handle it like some of these guys. <laughs> yeah. He said, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out how I get it. I'll figure it out how I get tight with the people. Don't worry. Everybody <laughs> wants a funny guy. Randy, I know Daniel's clear on the coma. I, I, I haven't really figured out where you're at, Randy. Are you a coma or a jail guy? I'm jail, man. Yeah, I'm going to jail. I'm, I'm, not, jail. I'm like Dylan because I'm going to – I'll probably have some enemies because I'm, like, not that likable of a dude. But I'm going to make some friends, and I'm going to make the yep. right friends, and it's going to be straight. That's me. I'm going to be if that If I funny see dude. Dylan in there, we're going to kick it tough. Yeah, yeah. See? Uh, I'm going to be that funny dude, and I'm going to get with the right people, but there's going to be people that hate me, and I'm going to have the other people take care of the other people. Exactly. And I don't even like sleeping like DB does. So, I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I couldn't do a coma, though. Like, no. Nah. I would rather I would rather enjoy five, in your thirties, bro. I would rather enjoy five years of being in prison and just bullying with the boys, <laughs> <laughs> busting with the boys. Sure. You probably learn a lot, of, and plus you could get jacked in there, man. Yeah, and maybe Tim Elka come visit me. <laughs> <laughs> Community service, getting it done. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, well, Dylan, you're off the hot seat. Is there anything you want to plug or promote before we let you go? Uh Mail his trophy. Yeah, <laughs> my trophy. I want my trophy, NCAA. You know, that deserves to be on my wall right now. No, uh, you know, nothing, man. Well, well, we we, happy. we have guests that we know are going to say that, so we, we plug and promote for you. You know, if you want to follow Dylan and find out more about him, you know, follow his career and everything he's got going on, it's DylanDelucia22 on Instagram, or you can follow Ole Miss Baseball at Ole Miss bsb but dylan man it's been awesome thank you for coming on the show telling us your story and man we look forward to to seeing what you got going on in the future oh i appreciate it guys hey if you ever need anything let me know i'll do this again I had a fun time absolutely guys another great episode another great story i want to thank our guest dylan delucia for joining us if you like to hear dylan's story or you just like hearing us average joes talk x's and o's please like and share the podcast on facebook retweet us on twitter listen and subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify and anchor as always comments ratings and feedback as always welcome We'll see everybody next week. We're going to close out our season number five with a big finale. We're bringing on Michael Turner, the catcher for the Arkansas Razorbacks. He'll be joining us. Until then, strong body, sharp minds, green grind all the time. We out.